0: Another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and we are talking about Week Five of college football, baby.
1: Already, I mean the the season. The season's flying by, stacking up weeks. Fun week. A lot of new names coming from your end of things. Some old names coming from my side of the 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 camp you might say
0: yeah we got it's a nice blend this week if you if you are interested to find out some new names to of this season with campers we got some of those we got we're playing some of the hits this week too it's going to be an all-around nice experience talking about week five i think but yep. uh on that subject colin you are back on top you, Tails, which does fail, we have learned, the past two weeks. It did not fail this week, and you got the first pick.
1: Yeah, Tails fails very infrequently, but apparently it does <laughs> fail every once in a while. Uh, but this week, I won the rights to give Brock Bowers a badge. And, I mean, there was a lot of different ways I could have gone here, because, I mean... What a performance for Brock Bowers. Uh, but I gave him the Look Ma badge. One hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in reference to his back-to-back one-handed catches that he had in this game. Almost uh, reminiscent last week of the like back-to-back stiff arms that he had. And he did it again. He had, I mean, an incredible game. He went eight catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, of that, four catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown came in the fourth quarter alone, including those back-to-back one-handed catches. I mean, there's there's not much else I can add to what I said last week. So uh, my question to you, to frame this discussion, is... We talked about it in in the preseason in our tight end rankings, but I figure, you know, might have different different people in here, you know, might have some new ears, fresh ears on the pod. What do we think about Brock Bowers as a straight up dynasty tight end? Is it is he in the top five already? Uh
0: ooh. Yes, he is. Okay. But that, the reason I'm, it's a painstaking thing to say is if you've checked the top five dynasty tight ends as of late, according to KTC, which is now a part of this program, we'll talk Sponsored. about that later on. Yeah. <laughs> Someday, <laughs> get us on the bill. Uh, <laughs> but if you're following what. Everybody in the community is thinking about the tight end situation in Dynasty. You will realize at this point in time that if Brock Bowers is already a top five Dynasty tight end, which in my opinion he should be, was the second that he's drafted, that would mean that some names are getting pushed out, most notably Kyle Pitts, who was the player that this player. <laughs> <laughs> is supposed to be, right. you know, like or at at once upon a time, Kyle Pitts was in this position right. of he's already dynasty tight end two before he's drafted. What yada yada yada, and we know how it's turned out. So I am curious to find out how this is all going to cascade down to Brock Bowers when we get to draft season next year. If the community as a whole is going to overcorrect on this because I'm not. I'm not afraid of, you know, what's going on there and you know my opinion on Kyle Pitts. Like we could spend the whole podcast talking about it, but Brock Bowers is still as of this moment still my number 2 player in this class overall for dynasty. So, yeah. I I haven't lost any faith.
1: Yeah. So, like you said, the top 5 right now according to the community is Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Hawkinson, Laporta, Pitts. So Brock Bowers needs to wiggle in there and unseat uh, Kyle Pitts to take that five spot. And again, we're looking at uh, almost a, a rinse repeat of what happened when Kyle Pitts came out. And it's like, well, we have this generational tight end that should be the number two pick in your dynasty draft. He's going to go top ten in the NFL yada 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 and now we're to the point where this is going to come into the dynasty space and how many people are going to be too afraid to make the leap and take Brock Bowers I mean I the the Kyle Pitts thing is one thing but uh, it, it's a cautionary tale Well, hold on a second. Yeah. Let me let me let me put it like this.
0: Kyle Pitts in his final season in college football, finished the year with 770 yards and 12 touchdowns, and everybody saw him become the player that went fourth overall in that draft. An unprecedented situation for a tight end. Brock Bowers has had more yards than that in both of his seasons in college football, including as a true freshman. So if you're talking about production and what does this player look like on a college football field, Brock Bowers is beyond what Kyle Pitts ever looked like in college football, like plain and simple. And that's not how you evaluate talent for the NFL, but it goes to say that this player has done it his entire career thus far. There is no production. You know, there's nothing about what he's done in college football that should make you stop and think, Oh, can he do that in the NFL? Cause he's done it from the second he stepped on campus. And this, I mean, we talked about it last week They're getting him ramped up here. It was a bit of a slow start for him. New quarterback trying to get him worked in here. And then last week was the nine targets, nine catches this week. 13 targets they they're getting him involved he he won them that game i mean they there was a little bit of a scare he was the mvp of this team i mean this player is everything you hope for in a prospect and so in that case i we're gonna we're gonna do this all over again (laughs) we're we're gonna live we're gonna do this ride all over again with the tight ends i'll tell you that
1: yep i i did see uh, a tweet during this Georgia game and it said I'm going to hate whatever coach ends up drafting Brock Powers yep <laughs> <laughs> so you just gotta hope that it doesn't end up where he's uh, you know on some team that won't use him or use him as a blo- I mean he's a he's a great blocker so he's a, he yeah. should be seeing the field a hundred percent of the offensive snaps but
0: and you know what I'm not gonna do it no but no the Kyle, the Kyle Pitts stuff it's not there, – there's a lot of ways to look at it. It's Brock true. Bowers will not ideally be in that environment, in that situation. Let's get him a quarterback that can deliver the football at least halfway efficiently, and, you know, we'll talk at that point. But
1: before this amazing turns, week. Yeah, before this turns into yeah, a Times therapy I'm, session. Nope,
0: it's not going to happen. We did the therapy last – in the springtime. <laughs> We're not doing <laughs> that again. I'm I'm reconciling it. We're on Brock Bowers. He's a god. He is a god. All right. Let's talk about a new name to the program. My first badge of the week is the Will Breaker badge going to Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver for LSU, also known as Wide Receiver U., and they have a pretty damn good one in Malik Neighbors. But don't forget about number 11 quite yet because Brian Thomas Jr. is quietly in the shadow of Malik Neighbors putting together a very impressive season, and the reason I'm giving him the Will Breaker badge this week is because he was pretty much uncoverable in the end zone in this game. He had three touchdowns. One of which was an absolute, you know, picture perfect highlight reel contested catch going over the top of a smaller defender. This player, Brian Thomas Jr., 6'4, 205, using his frame, using his length on that play to go over the top of the corner, pluck the ball at its highest point. That was touchdown number one. Touchdown number three was a nice adjustment to the ball. It was a bit of a back shoulder throw. He gets around the corner. It was impossible for the Ole Miss corners to cover this guy. And that's how he ends up with 124 yards on eight catches. And then the three touchdowns that I referenced. So I was blown away by what I saw in this game. And there is tape to watch. There is a lot. I don't know about this player yet. But I think at this point in time, he has made quite an impression on me.
1: Yeah, I was wowed, to say the least, by Brian Thomas in this game. I mean, the just the physicality that he plays with above the rim, per se, where he is just going up and the corner has no chance against him. Uh, the neighbor's doing a lot of the work between the 20s. And then, you know, uh, Jaden Daniels just tossing it up to Brian Thomas going on the fade route, and then Brian Thomas giving you the, the too small. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. And, yeah, so I – oh, man, this – It's I, my I type. Huh?
0: It's, this guy's my type through he is. and through.
1: He is. I, I so. knew. I knew this would be – someone that you mentioned when i was watching this game i was like oh here we go you know we got uh six four two oh five receiver he looks he might be a little bigger than two oh five because he looks uh, thicker than that uh but man this uh this lsu team is very interesting this wide receiver class is growing deeper by the day and Brian Thomas, another ex-wide receiver that can go up and make, create these contested opportunities, you know, turn 50-50 balls into 70-30, 80-20 balls.
0: Yeah, and speaking of that, the contested catches, uh, two for two in this game and four for six on the year. This is a common theme for this player thus far through five weeks. And a little bit of background on Brian Thomas Jr., Four-star recruit, wide receiver nine in the 2021 class, which means this is a true junior. And he played as a true freshman for LSU. He had 28 catches, 359 yards, and two touchdowns as a true freshman. Not bad, especially in this program (laughs) where they run pretty deep at wide receiver. Uh, So it's a name. You know, he's kind of come up here, got a little bit of a – recruiting pedigree behind him and starting to really you know we're starting to see that talent really starting to emerge here and the other note i have here they have the those 24 7 player comps that they sometimes stick on the top recruits you want to hear this one how about denzel mims oh
1: boy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I don't a, know if that's a good you thing. You know I'm
0: in on him. Yeah. And B, let's not do that again. Yeah,
1: let's not turn into Denzel Mims. I can see it though. <laughs> I hate that I can see it, but that that third touchdown he had was yeah. nice. That back shoulder. Oof. Yep.
0: Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Uh more receivers. More receivers. That's, <laughs> that's the ticket in this class, I'll tell you that. And we got another returning name to the program Colin
1: we do and this is Adonai A.D. Mitchell from Texas Uh, this is the other wide receiver on Texas he got a badge I think two weeks ago maybe Uh, maybe it was uh, two weeks ago right I think it was in week two so three weeks ago Ooh, time's flying Uh, the time is flying and he got the Mr. Touchdown badge and this week he's getting the sudden badge because I really, I really like A.D. Mitchell. I've been kind of, you know, delving in and seeing a little more of what I like out of all these guys, and I think this is going to be, you know, one of my guys as this year goes on, and he had a, a bit of a breakout game. This is his first game with over 100 receiving yards. He had 141 and a touchdown, and he was just Quinn Ewer's go-to guy on important downs. He is just open all the time. He gets in and out of his breaks really well. He keeps his hips low when he cuts in and out and on those curl routes. He has really sure hands. Uh, He's really aware in space. He's good against zone because he can kind of feel where to sit down. So, I just, I'm really liking the development that I'm seeing out of this player because, I mean, he was fun before, but it's turning into a little bit, you know, more of like, oh, is this guy actually real? And, I mean, he doesn't do a ton after the catch and he's not like a burner. So both of those things are kind of knocks where it's like, well, how. I I didn't see a ton of speed out of him in this game specifically. Well, it, we it talked seemed, about him
0: in week two. He, that's there true. was that post route he did where I was like, off. wait a second, <laughs> this guy's six four, he's running like that. But to your point, no. I this and that's why this game was so interesting for A. D. Mitchell, because this is not really what we've seen from him up till this point. It's been And there's a lot of questions with the player just simply based on volume. He doesn't have a lot of volume in college football. He dealt with an injury last year through four games. I mean, we talked about it at the time in week two. It was like every pass he catches is a touchdown. But other than that, he's not really getting super involved. And you look at targets per week. I mean, the last two weeks leading up to this game, four targets, four targets, three catches, three catches. Like he's involved but he's not featured well now all of a sudden you have this big game against Kansas a top 25 matchup 13 targets 10 catches and you talk about you know a player that maybe starts to show you a little bit more than you thought he was as potentially just like a field stretcher a a deep play threat at least that's kind of how I was pinpointing him but he showed off a lot more in this game and, like you said, definitely encouraging for his potential development.
1: Maybe with the ball in his hands. He's just not the... It's just not very Well, it's, it's a long...
0: It's a stride thing. It's build-up yeah. speed, maybe.
1: And he's he's very thin and it shows when uh, he's running after the catch, too, because he, he gets taken out on first contact pretty much every time. Uh, but... I mean, with the separation that he's making, it's, I mean, no big deal, honestly, because he doesn't have a ton of people near him too often. So, uh, I, I just am excited to see how this develops, and if this kind of, you know, target share and production keeps up, what, I mean, what is this player? What is the ceiling for this player? So... Yeah, here here we are with AD Mitchell. I, he's back in the program, and I'm I'm feeling pretty good about him.
0: Yeah, the ceiling is the question here. This, I mean the ce- the ceiling with this player feels immense. Yeah, and it's just a matter of can we trust it? Can we get to the point in time where he's dra- getting into the draft? Can we trust him as a fantasy producer? What sort of role is he going to have? Those were the questions with him, but. Weeks like this helped clear those up real quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's why it's like if we see some some type of consistency out of him, where he's doing this more than just you know one off. If this is his one big game, then it's a different story. Then, but if he can you know string together a few, uh, thirteen target games, then you start to you know think a little bit.
0: Let's keep talking about wide receivers, please, because and here's another returning name to the program, but we haven't talked about this player since week one of this season when he had four touchdowns in the opener for Ole Miss. I am talking about Trey Harris. So Brian Thomas Jr. on one side of the ball in this game, Trey Harris on the other side of the ball. This was a phenomenal game high-scoring game, came right down to the wire, and the player that put it away was Trey Harris. And he is getting the shifty badge from me because this is a big man, 6'2", 205, but man, does he have some wiggle for a player of this size. And you saw it on that last, the final touchdown there, the what ended up being the game-winning touchdown where he makes two players miss, on his way to the end zone. It was like a, I don't, I I can't remember if it was like a bubble screen. It was like a really quick throw and they just put it in his hands and said, get to the end zone. That's exactly what he did. Lower body looked incredibly fluid and he finished it and they won the game. So, I mean, we talked about this in week one, Colin, 133, four touchdowns at that point. What is this player transferring from Louisiana tech to the sec quiet in the last couple weeks, but right back onto the radar this week with 153 on eight catches and that touchdown that I referenced.
1: Yeah, he's a very, very good player after the catch. I mean, week one, we gave him the untouchable badge because he seemingly, I mean, could not be tackled by anybody. And like you said, it was a little, little smoke screen on that touchdown where he just catches the ball, and the offense has, you know, faith that you're gonna go get that eight yards. We're gonna just pitch and catch, and he completely, I mean, froze the defender and then put him on the ground and then walked into the end zone. So, uh, Trey Harris, uh, a yak guy coming out of Ole Miss, you know what could go, what could go right? I, I <laughs> yeah. guess what could go wrong. I, I feel like what could go right is a better way to say it because yak
0: yak wide receivers out of Ole Miss you just draft them you don't think about it you (laughs) just do it
1: exactly so uh I mean huge game and again the same kind of idea as A.D. Mitchell where I'd like to see him build and have a little more consistency when it comes to you know target share and that kind of stuff because he didn't play a ton in the last two games he uh, if i'm reading this correctly he only played three four snaps i think he was this is bad bad hosting right here but i'm pretty sure he was
0: dealing with some sort of an injury coming out of week two
1: so he he played seven combined snaps in the last two games uh he was targeted four times so, I mean, you you give him the pass there and then he comes back, you know, in the two full games that he's played, he has a combined 186 yards. So, uh, getting together some consistent, healthy weeks where you get to see him week in and week out as this number one receiver for Ole Miss, which was not expected in the preseason. I mean, neither of us thought that Trey Harris was going to be the guy for this offense, but it turns out, I mean, when he's playing, this is what he's doing. So, uh, it'll be pretty sick if he is, uh, this kind of player for the rest of the year. Cause I don't know if we have a better, I mean, I don't know if there's a, a yak guy like this near the top of our rankings. Cause it seems like we have a lot of similar type guys i mean igbuka is really good after the catch uh but i feel like trey harris is cut from kind of a different cloth than a lot of the guys that we have in our rankings right now
0: yeah definitely and uh, so yes there was first of all there was an injury he exited in the first half against tulane in week two with a knee injury which limited him Against. against alabama and this is what you see when he's back at full strength. Did so he
1: miss week three completely?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. If that was not a buy for them, then yes, he did not play. Again, terrible good, journalism good, is yeah, happening right. right here. But <laughs> how about this? I'm prepared on how good of a player Trey Harris is because in this game it was 98 yards after the catch, averaging 10.5 yards per reception after the catch right now. So that's what we're talking about here. You talk about, is there a better player after the catch? He's making a case that he is one of the best, at least of a player with this sort of size in this class. And there's a lot of bigger guys in this one, but not any of them, or at least not many of them move like he does after the catch. And final thing I'll say about Trey Harris one of these fun stats, these fun advanced stats that we like to look at, yards per route run, currently second in all of college football in yards per route run, Trey Harris, 5.25 right now. number one? Uh, somebody that it plays for a school that I think we would make fun of if they were on the program. Okay. So. All right.
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he missed the Georgia Tech game. Okay, so Which week three, there week was a three. game. Yes.
0: And so, yep, there you go. We're right. figuring it out as we go here. Absolutely. At Camp Dynasty. <laughs> um, are we still talking about receivers? We sure are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Give me the next one.
1: Uh, So, first of all, I want to say that Oregon released their jersey that they're going to be wearing next week. Probably the coolest jersey I've ever seen in my Incredible. life. Incredible. I mean – we know that Oregon has good jerseys, but this one, I mean, it's a throwback. And just go, go check it out because, I mean, man, I don't know if I could even describe it. But the reason I bring that up is because Troy Franklin's back on the program. Uh, this guy you introduced to me at the beginning of the season, and I can't stop putting him on the show. <laughs> because i love him so much i mean he's so good man uh so he's getting the 7-11 badge because he's always open oh great badge <laughs> great badge uh i mean he had seven targets seven receptions 117 yards he i i have a stat here he's on pace for 76 receptions 1,284 yards and 14 touchdowns uh which would be the uh, the, would break basically all of Oregon's single season records for a receiver and uh, he looks good while he's doing it I mean he's a a smooth route runner and he was just dicing up Stanford uh a week after I mean picking apart Colorado uh his worst game he has 83 yards he has seven touchdowns already on the season so he's on pace to easily uh beat what he's ever done in his career and i mean thank you for bringing up troy franklin to me because i i was a little skeptical to start the season but i'm a firm believer that this guy is uh he's special
0: yeah, the more weeks that go on, the more it, it becomes a very real thing that in a an absolutely loaded wide receiver class, this is one of the best players in the class, undoubtedly. I mean, you can see what he's doing on a week-to-week basis in the stats columns. You know, uh, that's very easy to see. 535 yards already this year. I mean, incredible stuff right now in this Oregon, in the Oregon offense, but just how nuanced he is, how crafty he is, how sudden he is out of like on his release, out of his breaks. It's all very clean from a player with size that plays the X position. Everything just flows with Troy Franklin's game. He's a very enjoyable player to watch play the wide receiver position. And PFF grades, they'll make an appearance once (laughs) in a while on this program. Uh, This game was his best since that infamous Portland State game, if we're talking about PFF grades. So he's just building on these performances and continuing to get better as the season goes on.
1: He's the kind of player that you know, you're watching the game, and you don't realize, like, how well he's doing. And then you check the box score after, and you're like, oh, my God, he has 100 yards already. Yeah, It's just, like, it, it feels so easy for him to just, like, rack up.
0: Well, and what's funny in this game, too, is uh, he his first catch didn't come until nine minutes to go in the second quarter. The right. entire first quarter, he didn't have a single catch yeah and he finishes this game with this stat line I mean (laughs) touchdowns all of it so incredible that's
1: that's how I mean I was watching the the Georgia Ole Miss game or Georgia Auburn game and it was like can we get Brock Bowers the ball and then it just all came in the fourth quarter (laughs) yeah (laughs) so Troy Franklin it's like can we get him the ball please and then he ends up with you know uh over 100 yards two touchdowns seven catches so uh is he a true alpha receiver we'll see you know it seems like it so far we'll see
0: let's talk about a player that's not a wide receiver this has been a rare occurrence this year i know i know but running backs see normally you don't have to remind yourself that running backs exist but this year that's kind of been the case unfortunately just got to say it five weeks in We're still waiting for somebody to really grab control of this thing. Um, But here's a new name alert in the running back room. Uh, How about Marshawn Lloyd from USC? Bit of background on this player. New name to the program, four-star recruit. He was the composite RB5 in the 2020 class committed to South Carolina, was there for two years, uh, transferred to USC coming into this season. And uh, in this game against Colorado, 13 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown, nothing spectacular. But I'm giving him the rewind badge this week because of the highlight reel play, which arguably was the play that (laughs) – means the least for me when I'm evaluating him because how do you allow this player to turn completely around and get from the left side trying to run uh, between the tackle and the guard? Oh, wait a minute. I don't want to do that. Let me just turn around and run all the way back around and finish it for a touchdown. That is what the Colorado defense allowed Marshawn Lloyd to do. But, man, just some of his – more you know the the less flashy the less sexy runs in this game really impressive I mean I thought like the he's a bigger player here another one of these bigger backs his class is kind of full of them I mean five only five nine but he carries 210 pounds very thickly built great contact balance great runner through contact so far this season 4.75 yards. Uh, after contact per attempt in this game 75 of his 84 yards came after contact so I mean he's a bit of a bruiser he flashed a little burst in speed in this game and in a class that is not really showing us much thus far this has been one of the better players in the last few weeks
1: yeah he's just the you know the steady kind of I don't want to say he's the heartbeat of the usc offense because that would be not true but he he's like the pacemaker of the the offense you know it's the the guy that does all the dirty work so then you can see the sexy caleb william highlights you know you get the guy that's gonna go be a little bit of a bruiser but also do a couple fun things every once in a while and then put a highlight like you're talking about In this game against Colorado, where he completely reverses field and ends up scoring a touchdown, so uh, definitely, I mean, somebody has got to grab hold of this, you know, of this top five, one of these top five positions in the running back class. Because I mean, there's names that are that exist, (laughs) and we just don't really know what to do with them. Uh, and now Marshawn Lloyd is in this conversation as a guy that is, you know, carrying the ball a lot for this USC offense and is putting up some solid numbers week in and week out and having some nice plays that we're looking for. Uh, but I just, I just, I'm disappointed so far in the running back class. We'll get there. I know we'll get there. I don't know. worry I know. i'm i um, not disappointed in marshawn lloyd
0: yeah I, well and hey pass blocking running backs doesn't show up in the fantasy column but you got to have it and marshawn lloyd so far this year proving to be a very effective pass blocker and he saved caleb williams life in this game <laughs> there was a free rusher it was his assignment but gap opens up linebacker shoots the gap free shot at Caleb Williams going about a hundred miles an hour would have taken his head clean off Marshawn very quick to his spot took the full the full blunt of that blow from the linebacker He even you know stumbled back a little bit but completely stopped the blitz from interfering with the play and Caleb Williams delivered a fine pass as he typically does so uh, good to see that as well. And the other thing I'll say about Marshawn Lloyd is five fumbles in his first two seasons, none thus far. Let's keep that up, get the ball security check mark, and this player might be on his way.
1: Uh, the strangest play that i've ever seen was dj reed coming full speed at patrick (laughs) Mahomes. oh yeah and just not touching him just missing completely just (laughs) so maybe i I don't know maybe you don't need to block people anymore right
0: yeah (laughs) i'm sure that linebacker would have just like felt just like ran past him yeah flew by him
1: yeah but all Uh, right well Uh, let's let's talk about his teammate segways huh yeah Uh, (laughs) so caleb williams yeah he's a good player him yeah uh he he was good. He's a good player. He had a lot of good plays. Um and I like him.
0: Okay, hold on a second.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> Yup, that's pretty that much analysis. where we are. Yeah.
0: That's pretty much where we are. I think this is badge number four for it is. Caleb
1: already. It's overlapping other badges. It,
0: yeah. I mean it's he's completely taking over. But here, here's the thing. So when we talked about Caleb Williams in the summer, Obviously, our number one quarterback in the class. And we asked ourselves, what is going to be the knock? What is going to be the thing? This
1: is what I was going to talk about.
0: That people are going to say about him. And we were struggling to even come up with something. But what is going on right now, Colin?
1: We made it to the Caleb Williams discourse. We did. Uh, We're firmly there. Yes, because... We knew we knew this was gonna happen. If you go back, you go back to the quarterback episode. Like you said, we said, you know, we can't even figure out. You know, maybe he's a little short, as a, what I think we ended up coming up with. Yeah. Uh, and then we get here, and it's like, is Caleb Williams Zach Wilson? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and so uh, currently, the Bears are in position to be the number one and number two pick with their pick and the Panthers pick. And Bears fans are like, I don't even know if we want to have Kale Williams. That's like the state of disrepair that fan base is in. <laughs> that it's like, I don't think I want the best quarterback prospect potentially of the last, you know, since Trevor Lawrence maybe, I don't know, could be better than him as a prospect. I don't know. Uh, They're like, I don't even want him. I don't want to ruin him. They're, they're just like down in the dumps and then there's the contingent of college football people dynasty people scouting people whatever you might want to call them and they're like you know caleb williams doesn't actually make special plays because he has so much time uh and he's i mean throwing to open receivers this is exactly what zach wilson's tape looks like so i do you want to dispel that
0: i would like to
1: I would like to. Well, should I agree for the? We gotta (laughs) get the clickbait
0: in here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No. First of all, no. That that is ridiculous. I okay. Let's let's start at the source here. Where does this come from? If you watch USC, yeah, he's got time. Yes. He's got time to make plays, and a lot of his highlight plays are the ones in which he has time to throw. He's usually getting outside of the pocket whether there is pressure or whether there's not. He's just moving himself out of the pocket and getting himself into advantageous positions to then uncork some of the most heinous and ridiculous throws that you've seen in college football in the last few years, at least. So on one hand, it's like, sure, What's he going to look like when he doesn't have this level of an offensive line in front of him? That's a valid thing to talk about. And one thing that we actually did talk about in the summer was his tendency to take bad sacks once in a while. Like if the pressure gets to him, he will take bad sacks for big losses. That is something that is a part of his game that he needs to clean up. But I'm not going to sit here and look at this player <laughs> and the the throws that he's putting out on tape and what he's doing and, and that's the other thing. The highlight stuff is what everybody's seeing. Watch the watch the the short game, the, and in the intermediate between. game, yeah. and the quick, you know, the quick, the three step, you know, he's it doesn't it, it's not always what you're seeing in these ridiculous things. He's getting the Mahomes treatment where the only things you see are like, oh, I threw it underhanded. I threw it behind the back. You don't get to see the boring quarterback stuff that he does, which he does at an elite level as well. Yeah.
1: So the play that circulated this week, because there's at least one a week, was one where he had like seven seconds to throw. He had a long time. He was sitting in the pocket. There's a three-man rush. It's Colorado's defense. I mean, the pass rushers are not – Elite, we'll say. Uh, he stepped up, rolled out left, and then just threw an off platform dart like 30 yards down the field. And then uh, the wide receiver ended up scoring on it. So it was a really nice play, but it was also like, eh, but he's not going to be able to make that in the NFL because he's not going to have that much time. Like, okay, yes, objectively, he's not going to have seven seconds to throw in the NFL. Like, likely he won't. But what you can take away from that is the throw itself. It's like, you can look at the off platform, you know, sidearm dart on the money. Like you guys, like the critical thinking is devolving where we're like, Oh no, that won't happen in the NFL. Like, okay, let's rewind and look at what is the, what is analysis and why why does this all matter there's context everything and when you look at the boring throws it's like watch a screen pass and watch what it looks like because a lot of offensive linemen will cut block on the screen side because they want the the quarterback to have a clean window to throw that screen pass so the d linemen can't get their hands in the way it does they don't do that for Caleb Williams because he can throw from so many different arm angles that he can just bend it around those DNs. So you look you, you just look at these different I mean I sent you a clip today where from this game where he's just buying time in the pocket and normally you gotta flip your hips and then fire a pass, but he's like square to the line of scrimmage, his right foot's a little bit forward and he just torques his upper body. And delivers a strike and i mean it's not for a first down but it's just like impressive the things that he could do off platform with his body contorting in different ways avoiding rushers and being able to throw it at a moment's notice rather than having to you know get away and then you know risk getting sacked because you have to turn or you have to get your feet right it none of that matters for Caleb Williams, and he did have one pick, his first pick on the season, which was a bad throw. It was he he rolled out and he thought he had a little more gas in the tank than he did because he underthrew it pretty badly. If he, you know, gets a full a full deep throw on that like he normally does, it's probably a walk in touchdown. But he didn't because he had a little bit too much dip on his chip, so. I mean, there are plays where that happens, but they are few and far between. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. Don't miss the forest through the trees. For the
1: trees. Because you look at the trees, you miss the forest.
0: Right. Yeah. Don't do that because this player is too good to do this this early right now. And there's too much of it on Twitter. It's only October. I can't do this. For six more months, I just can't do it. So let's pick this back up in February if we really want to, but not now. Let's enjoy this while it's happening.
1: And we also, I mean, we've been talking about him not going to the NFL next year. Chicago. I mean.
0: That seems like a pretty I'm going to return to school sort of situation. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. Who knows? I mean, if anybody can do it, right, it's got to be him. That's right. Turn around, save the city of Chicago.
1: They missed Mahomes, and now they need to make up for it by getting Mahomes 2.0.
0: Yep, exactly. All right. We have one final badge for week five, and we're going back to wide receiver here. We're going back to a returning name to the program. But how about Torrey Horton, who made his first appearance on Camp Dynasty in Week 3, coming out of that Colorado Colorado State game in which Torrey Horton was the Colorado State offense, essentially, with 18 targets and 16 catches. This week against Utah, not State, not full-blown utah how about utah tech if it's one of those things man where it's like this is not this is one of those like bishop sycamore things like this isn't (laughs) a real college but they they got on the schedule colorado state this week and if you are a future nfl player playing against utah tech You probably should look the way that Torrey Horton looked this week because it was 10 catches on 12 targets for 227 yards and three touchdowns for Torrey Horton. I mean, he is getting the takeover badge for me because he took over this game. It didn't. I can't believe there was even film out there from this game. It was one of those like high school cameras where it's like way up in the box and it's like only one angle and there's no production value. But by God, it was recorded and just it just looked like he couldn't stop having fun on the football field. Like it was like every catch, he's dancing, he's screaming. It's like you guys cannot touch me. And I love this and it was an amazing performance
1: yeah i mean they're playing the jv team and he looked like a varsity player (laughs) is is how it all was it was like when varsity gets a they're doing the the green versus white scrimmage and yeah he gets to just run rampant all over this uh utah tech school
0: well and uh, hey and but listen yeah, he, okay. He
1: looked, a, he looked good. It's a he fake school.
0: It's a fake school. How about 135 after the catch? Yes. Flashing some wheels. I mean, he's got speed. Like, he was obviously you're going to make these guys look slow, but he made them look like really slow. Like, not like he would have been <laughs> like doing this fast. to anybody. Not fast. That's what slow means. <laughs> God, we're devolving (laughs) quickly here. Uh, (laughs) How about also a great block? You're playing the JV team. Why do you even get up for this game? Well, Torrey Horton does, and he threw a killer block on the first Holker touchdown of this game. Holker also had another nice game. Remember him from the Colorado game. Torrey Horton downfield throws a nice block, lets Holker get into the end zone as well. So he's a gamer he shows uh, up for all the games
1: on what was his second touchdown what i really appreciate is that there's just a cut in the middle of the, the touchdown run <laughs> that like he gets to the 15 yard line and it just cuts and it cuts and he's like at the 10 yard line they had to spliced t- <laughs> the film together
0: the camera ran out mid play
1: so <laughs> yeah it died the yeah. ipad <laughs> that they were filming <laughs> off of died uh he broke a bunch of tackles, too, which is independent for the most part. I mean, it's not completely independent of skill level, but, like, it's not easy to break tackles against guys that are trying to bring you to the ground. So, uh, and it's definitely not easy to get, you know, 227 yards. So, as much as I joke, uh, he's a, a good player, and he's ha- been having a – very good season and he had a breakout game against a real team in colorado and just completely decimated utah tech and you know made them feel bad they're putting the plaque up right now of them yeah. above the the wood shop in they're just utah they're Technical just glad
0: College. they've gotten to play against him. that's <laughs> what this really is oh
1: i didn't give caleb williams a badge what are we giving him this he's, week he's gets the prime time badge
0: oh okay
1: yeah hell yeah there's there's layers to that that we i could have gotten (laughs) into
0: we we could have explored it the time has passed it's over because (laughs) we're done with badges that's week five once again talking about mostly wide receivers but man that's the nature of this class if you need a wide receiver this is the year load up on second round picks. I'm already thinking that. I mean, it's, it's October. I'm thinking how many seconds do I have? How many more can I get? Because there are some really talented wide receivers in this one. Um, but unfortunately, Colin, it is time to make the call home. And unsurprisingly, we're talking about a running back because we give all the badges to the wide receivers. Now we're just hitting a real stride of calling uh, the folks of different running backs in this class. And this week, it's your RB1 of the preseason that is getting a call home this week. Rocket Sanders.
1: Yeah, we're, we're calling home, Raheem you're raheem right now because <laughs> yeah it. uh so he has been sidelined this season by an injury uh he came back in week five playing against texas a&m uh he looked not great i mean he had 11 carries for 34 yards He had uh, two catches for 36 yards. So, I mean, a modest, you know, 60-something yards. Uh, And I'm calling more on principle than I am about performance. I'm calling because we need an RB1. And you, you were my RB1 because, you know, we didn't really have any clarity about this class to begin with. And we are five weeks in, and clarity has not come to us. And now Raheem is back. And he, again, he looked okay, but it wasn't like a super explosive performance. There was, there's no big runs like we might be used to. Uh, he wasn't doing the the patented six or five yards per carry that he had been in the past two seasons. And uh, so... I'm just calling home to let them know, hey, while you were gone, nothing has really changed. So I need you to become the RB one. So number one, I can be right, and number two, we can feel a little better about this RB class because right now, not feeling so good about it.
0: Yeah, I mean that it's it's tough. You call home because of the nature of the situation. Obviously, the player is, you know, first game back from an injury. We're going to see how, you know, he works back from this, and if we get to that point, if we get back to this player that had nearly 1,500 yards rushing last year for Arkansas. I mean, but the two games that we have seen from him, the first game of the year and now this game, I mean, pretty much across the board, everything is very questionable, and I'm not gonna, you know, you can't sit here and judge the guy on two games. No, but it it's worth saying that you know, 2.8 yards per carry week one, 3.1 yards per carry in this game. His longest run of the year is 14 yards. This is a player that makes kind of a living on a moniker of rocket because we've seen, you know, all of these breakout breakaway runs from him last season Uh, and 1.77 yards after contact so far per attempt this year, not great for a player that we already had some questions about his physicality and his ability to run as a, you know, play the power game as a player that's 242 pounds as the running back. So There's a lot of questions here, and and he has to answer his own questions, injuries or not, down the stretch as we get through the rest of this season because all these other guys, there's questions for them. He has them as well, and like you said, the opportunity is there for him to reclaim that title of RB1 potentially, but uh, so far, not what we were expecting from Rocket Sanders.
1: Yep, 100%. I mean, missed a couple games with an ambiguous knee injury. Uh, so we don't know exactly what's going on, as sometimes happens with college, school, with schools in general. They won't release exactly what's going on, which I think is a little weird. But uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm sure one of these guys is going to end up popping up. So we'll get we'll there. Just, we'll just have to be patient which is not working for me so far.
0: It's hard. It is. And we play Dynasty, so we know that we're not patient here. (laughs) It's not like this is like a long-term game or anything. Nope. Well, speaking of that, we are now going to gather around the campfire, Colin, and recollect on the campers of old because it's time for all grown up. So, I'm just talking about patience, right? And here's the here's the best part about all grown up, and specifically the way we're doing this now. Last week, bringing more of a value angle into things, and it really paints an illuminating picture of the sorts of folks that play the game of Dynasty to watch the week-to-week swings (laughs) on these players, rookies, campers from 2022. I mean, I did it again. They're 2023 campers, everybody. I get it. I'm trying to figure this out.
1: Listen, they were campers in 2022, 2023.
0: I get it. And then they it's, were drafted in It is 2023 right now, which confuses me because it doesn't feel like we drafted these guys six months ago. But that is exactly what we did. So then can you explain to me why we're seeing some of the things that we're seeing so far through only four weeks of these players' careers? Namely, Jameer Gibbs... A player that has been hotly debated. One of the top overall campers from last year. Finished as player number three, I believe, for both of us. And his Dynasty value right now, he is holding firm as Dynasty RB3 still. But the value, according to KTC, is in a declining period the gap between him and dynasty rb4 which is currently Brees hall is very quickly shrinking so what do we make of all this with jameer gibbs right now are we panicking
1: i'm not panicking i i have zero panic in my bones because i think jameer gibbs is a good player uh, so the the community is the problem here. The, the a scary cesspool word. that is <laughs> wow X. Oh, okay. Yes,
0: I thought you were trying to say if you play Dynasty, no, no. you
1: are a mm. no. Uh, the cesspool that is X. Yes, is like. Well, the Lions drafted them 12th, that means they essentially promised us that they were going to give them 38 touches a game. Uh, So we drafted them this high, and now you're not using them how I thought you were going to use them. So you guys are stupid. All right, the Lions are having, like, the best start to a season in a very long time. You know, they are doing just fine in Detroit. And Jameer Gibbs... Dan Campbell said it himself that they're going to deploy him slowly. And that's what they're doing. So, why are we surprised that this is true? And guess what? David Montgomery has been really good for them. So, for people that are sitting here calling for, you know, calling for Jameer Gibbs to get all the carries and... They're saying that the Detroit coaching staff doesn't know what they're doing or whatever. Like, they're doing just fine over there. Jameer Gibbs will eventually get his touches back up. All this will even back out, and we just need to be patient. Four words. Don't
0: be that guy. Uh, Sorry. It's okay. Don't be that person. Yeah. Guys, we're not – this is not exclusive. It's guys, girls, everybody – just don't do that because i watched a dominating performance from an nfl football team in a divisional game in one of the toughest places to play well unless <laughs> you saw that crowd in lambo this week season <laughs> ticket holders get your shit together stop reselling the tickets but should have been a tough place to play dominating win david montgomery Excellent game. Everything went to a T. And when you go on social media, everything I saw coming out of that game was, what what are they doing with Jameer Gibbs? This is ridiculous. Imagine if they hadn't spent the 12th pick on him. <laughs> then they'd be really good. Well, Newsflash, they're already really good. Yeah. And they have a really good running back named Jameer Gibbs at their disposal. Who had eight carries for 40 yards, five yards per carry in this game, four catches, 11 yards. I mean, this is not, this is a product of everybody who just, we get in this mentality of it needs to happen in the first two, three games of a player's career or it's over. You know, like the fact that his dynasty value is declining right now is truly. Pathetic. It's it's an indictment of the of the nature of this game, which, like I said before, is supposed to be a long-term thing here. But we, it's week to week swings on guys based on oh he had 37% snaps, he sucks. You know, like give me a break. So no, Camp Dynasty is not worried about Jameer Gibbs in any fashion. And if anybody is panicking about Jameer Gibbs, I will gladly take that headache off of their hands.
1: Yeah. Amen. I would love to have him. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, if you're looking to give him away, you can give him to me.
0: (laughs) Well, how about a player whose value is uh, not in a decline? That is Puka Nakua.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Puka Nakua, I mean, continues to ascend. I mean, you look at the, the graph on KTC, that we were talking about with Gibbs, where it's slightly declining for Gibbs. I mean, that thing is almost a straight line up. You know, uh, he's the number eight overall rookie, non super flex. Uh, and he had a career game last week against uh, whoever they played. because Colts. thank you. Indianapolis. I was gotcha. watching that game because Anthony Richardson, who's also a fun player. Uh, but he finally scored a touchdown, which I thought that he was plagued with the Jacoby Myers curse, where you just get peppered with targets and you get a load of catches and ends up being all for naught because you can't score a touchdown. It's not really all for naught because, you know, you still are breaking every record there is to break uh, out of a rookie. But what what do we even make of this? I mean, he has all of the stats. He looks well, good. He's the best I, player against zone play coverage. I'd love to play a
0: game. Let's play a game because I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. Uh, you, you are the one who dra- – we didn't talk about Puka Nakua last year nearly enough. Right. But you drafted him in our primary league. He's on your team, which means you are a genius. Thank you. And I would like to get your take on something because right now, Dynasty wide receiver 24. And that was today. And usually this adjusts through the week. I'm expecting this to climb even more following this performance. This is four weeks now of seeing Puka Nakua playing at this level. That's going to get this guy into some serious conversations for Dynasty Wide Receiver. So the game I'm going to play is that I'm going to say a wide receiver, and you're going to tell me if you would trade Puka oh. Nakua straight up for that player.
1: We did this last week.
0: This is going to be a reoccurring game. Campfire, yeah. it just really it makes me want to have a little bit of fun. Yeah. So...
1: We did this last week, and you asked me if I'd trade Quentin Johnson for Sam Laporta.
0: I did ask you that. And, and I said that I would. Caused a ruckus. And we're going to cause another ruckus okay. right now. Because the first name on my list is Devontae Adams. Would you trade Puka Nakua for Devonte Adams?
1: Yes, I would receive Devontae Adams in exchange for Puka Nakua. Okay, okay. Obviously, this is all dependent on your roster because, like...
0: This is all... We're talking in a vacuum. But in
1: a vacuum, I'm taking Devontae Adams.
0: This is in a vacuum. So you are in alignment with the Dynasty community. Devontae Adams, wide receiver 18 right now. So still Nakua, 24. How about Debo Samuel?
1: All right. I'm not a Debo guy. So... And I should take Debo
0: here. You should or shouldn't do anything. I You're know but thinker. like
1: I it's three game see, okay. I'm taking I'm gonna take Puka. Alright. Okay. Sue me. It's,
0: it's, it's okay.
1: Sue me it's okay. Alright. This is
0: this is close right now. God. Wide Debo is wide receiver twenty two. Nakua okay. is twenty four. You see where I'm going with this, I think. Yeah we we went from 18 no nope, yep. I want him now we're at 22 ooh I might take Nakua yeah how about Michael Pittman I'm taking
1: Puka I don't like Michael Pittman Michael Pittman okay
0: so now we're we're on the we're officially on the other side of okay. Nakua at this point this is why Pittman wide receiver 26 the community is valuing Puka Nakua over Michael Pittman right now And the last name I have on my list, Quentin Johnston.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Wow, what a Who was very
0: recently drafted many spots ahead of Puka Nakua in a dynasty rookie draft.
1: What a day uh, that I'm going to take Puka Nakua over Quentin Johnston. I just – why do we got to do this to Quentin Johnson? It couldn't have been well, anybody else after just, last week?
0: It's it's a segue, okay. right? We're going to do a segue here because Quentin Johnson, wide receiver 28. So you took Nakua over everybody not, but Devontae Adams, which means you have him at least at wide receiver 22 right now in Dynasty, which is a feat in itself. Yeah. That's- but – the segue here, this'll be a quick one because I don't want to pour it on, but we might honestly have some encouraging words maybe in this one. Because while Nakua's value is reaching, you know, points where people gotta think about what they have and what they might get for a player like that. You know, we're we're getting into that territory where are we holding? Is this a real yeah, top sell? dynasty wide receiver or is this a sell? On the other side of this is the player that I just mentioned, which is Quinton Johnston, who was a player that we were, I will say, cautious about at Camp Dynasty, but that did not stop us from drafting him in the middle of the first round this summer. But now, Quinton Johnston, from that point in time in June when we did our drafts, we did our final rankings, we had those final conversations for this class – Quinn Johnson was Dynasty Wide Receiver 19. As of today, he is Dynasty Wide Receiver 28. So he has fallen nine spots in a very short period of time, and this was the first week in the post-Mike Williams environment, and he had one catch on three targets for 18 yards. So 28 could easily turn into 30 by tomorrow morning. Is Are we buying? Are we in on Quinn Johnson?
1: I mean, at wide receiver 30, essentially, I don't see why not. Uh, He had a little bit of a bump from when Mike Williams got hurt. Uh, I mean, he's going to be out for the rest of the season with an ACL. So you have to assume that he's going to be playing a lot more. I mean, I think his road participation went up to like 79% this week, and that's up from 40-something last week. I'm just trying to remember offhand, so if those are wrong, I apologize. But um, you you got to expect that this will end up working because what we talked about in the offseason was the Chargers need speed, and they need a guy that can take the top off, that can break these big plays. They need some more athleticism, some more juice in this offense and johnson still provides that he just hasn't quite showed it yet so i mean if someone's selling i'm buying
0: you remember what else we said about Quentin johnson in this summer very said recently a lot of we did say many many things but one thing that we did say don't expect to see anything this season that's true and that conversation ended with 2024 by low, Quinton Johnston. That's true. Well, how about 2023 week five by low, Quinton Johnston? Because people don't wait around. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody's waiting, okay? You look at the graph here for Johnston, it's very steady decline from the start of the NFL season till right now. If you have a situation where somebody thinks five weeks is an example of an entire career's worth of production for a 22-year-old raw wide receiver. I'll be buying on that.
1: So you're saying Pukunakua is not actually good because it's just a five-week sample of a 22-year-old wide receiver.
0: How – what? Am I getting – this is Skip Bayless treatment right now.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying. You just said that no. Johnson's numbers are fake because he's a 22-year-old that's only had five weeks of no production.
0: Right. Oh, no. So yeah, I forgot. So I'm f- I'm I flipping. forgot. Anybody who's good right now is actually bad, and so anybody who's bad Puka right is now okay is shame. actually good. So that's what. That's how this works here okay. in Dynasty. So
1: you're saying so. sell Puka?
0: Well, okay. I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Depends what they're offering, I guess.
0: Right. Well. All right. Um, you got another name on your list here. Wide receiver? Guy that near and dear to the program? You want to talk about him next?
1: I don't have my list in front of me.
0: I have the list. You want me to talk I, about him?
1: I want you to remind me of who I texted you. So. God, the fire
0: is really warm right now. I'm right. having a hot flash. I'm um, Michael Wilson.
1: Oh, my God. Mr. Camp sleeper.
0: Dynasty's favorite sleeper. Michael Wilson, if the third round, go back, Dynasty Rookie Sleepers, Michael Wilson, we were championing Michael Wilson. Well, I'm not going to say that. There were a lot of folks that liked Michael Wilson as a player that maybe did not get to showcase his full ability in college football due to injuries, and there was reasons to believe that if he could stay healthy in a situation where there was not a lot of competition for targets, which is Arizona – that this player could vastly exceed his dynasty draft capital. And this week, Colin, we saw a little glimpse of what might be a a really strong return on investment. Certainly not a Puka Nakua level return, but 78 yards and two touchdowns for Michael Wilson this week. This is currently the dynasty wide receiver 62. That is up from now,
1: that's a buy.
0: Not, yeah. But, and that's the thing. It's always like, let's wait for him to have another down week. Let's yes. wait for him to have a couple of down weeks in a row. Because he's, he's up from wide receiver 88 in June. Oh, wow. He's already climbed all the way up here over 20 spots to wide receiver 62. I'm expecting that to continue to rise following this performance. But uh my i have one simple question we don't have to play a game with michael wilson but uh michael wilson or a future late second what are you taking meaning 2025 20, or later
1: i feel like i just want michael wilson <laughs> i just like i i know number 1 that he is somebody that this front office likes because he was brought in by the new front office with Arizona. I know that he is capable of being the number two wide receiver, that is a good complement to Hollywood Brown. And I mean, you haven't seen like an astonishing amount of production out of him, uh, but it's been steadily increasing in terms of uh, yardage, in terms of receptions. I mean, he had two touchdowns, and touchdowns are a lot of luck, but uh, getting seven targets and seven catches is not lucky because Michael Wilson, he's a technician. I mean, I, I just like him as a player, and this offense is at the very bottom of where it can be. So I would want to get in on this now before Kyler comes back, before they start to build this up. Uh, hopefully, build this up, and you know, get in while the going is cheap.
0: It's it's a tough one. It I is a tough one. I don't have an answer. That's the benefit okay. of asking the questions. Is that?
1: Come you know, on.
0: I I think at this point in time. I would. Keep the late second. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's very close. It's like, it's one of those things where he's he's doing what I hoped that he would, but you got to be a little bit conscious not to get You're too right. excited about it too quickly. But yeah. it is a very positive situation for Michael Wilson. Um, you want to talk about some quarterbacks before we get out of here?
1: Yeah, I think we could just run through real quick. Um We got Stroud, and that's the the first one that I wanted to talk about because uh, there were a lot of questions about C.J. Stroud and his, I mean, is he going to translate, essentially? You know, the athleticism was there. the, uh, The mobility outside of the pocket was a question. Processing was a question because of the Ohio State offense, and uh, he has come together and put together one of, if not the best, four game stretches from a rookie quarterback. And I this is with like Nico Collins and Tank Dell, who are solid players, but they're not elite talent at the wide receiver position. Uh, this is with. A patchwork offensive line, to say the least. I mean, they have so many injuries on that offensive line. Playing against, you know, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, uh, that Steelers defense has been dominant in terms of pass rush, and he was just cool, calm, and collected and delivered pinpoint ball after pinpoint ball in this game. And I just wanted to give a little shout out to CJ Stroud because he's not the dual threat quarterback that Anthony Richardson is. But I think he's just I mean, a steady, you know, high floor quarterback that you could pop in and be confident about having in, especially if you have six point passing touchdown leagues.
0: Yeah, I obviously love Stroud. Been beating this drum for a while and it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing right now with these wide receivers where it's right. like, are Nico Collins and, to a degree, Tank Dell better than we thought they were, or is Stroud elevating them to be great NFL wide receivers right now? And the there it doesn't matter what the answer to that question is because all that matters is that Houston is figuring it out right now and they are a potential division competitor with this player at quarterback right now already that is the level of quarterbacking that is happening from CJ Stroud a player who I thought was very unfairly criticized leading up to the draft simply because it was it, it was one of those things where you don't see it a lot on tape so it's like Does that mean he can't do it, or does that mean he just doesn't have to? And it seemed to me like it was a doesn't have to type of a thing, and I think you're seeing right now the biggest criticism with Stroud. Can he play against pressure? They don't have an offensive line, and he is picking NFL defenses apart with pressure in his face. So he has answered all of those questions, and uh, quarterback 13 during draft season, quarterback 10, as of right now, in Dynasty, and uh, his counterpart, Bryce Young. Before we talk about the guy who was the Dynasty darling at quarterback, the Young Stroud debate carried into Dynasty as well because it was a matter of you know flavor was a matter of you know what do you trust situationally, and honestly, I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit. I had Young as QB2 over Stroud despite having the opposite in my NFL rankings simply because I thought the Panthers was a better situation. And right now, it is a terrible situation. They are currently in the number two spot, a pick they don't control, but that would be the draft slot right now going to Chicago. And Bryce Young is having a lot of difficulties, but are we worried about the player or is this a product of the situation, Colin?
1: I I am not, like, stressing about Bryce Young, I wouldn't say. But situations can have an outsized impact on a player, and that's what I'm worried about with Bryce Young. Because, I mean, I a kind of parallel universe thing where the bears are now always linked to the Panthers with this trade. You can see how much fields has regressed from year two to year three. And in my opinion, that's due a lot to the coaching staff and the, the, the things that they are asking him to do rather than just letting him be himself. And I think that the Panthers are doing that with Bryce Young. I think that they're just not letting him be Bryce Young, and they're like, "No, you got to do this, you got to do that," and it's not working yet. And hopefully, they'll figure out. I mean, Frank Reich is not a bad coach, so I feel like they'll figure this out. But it the, we'll have to go through some growing pains and that that might be frustrating and people might be you know afraid because uh, there's all these priors that people had with Bryce Young with the the size questions that are valid I mean he is small objectively uh but I think we need to give this some time because there is always going to be an adjustment with him specifically uh because he's a smaller guy and people are just bigger in the NFL. Uh, and we just need to, to pump the brakes a little bit and let this develop rather than saying, oh, well, yeah, he's too small to work in the NFL. It's not, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, he, on the flip side of Shroud, this was quarterback 10 during draft season and is quarterback 14 right now. So you see the swings here through five through four weeks shroud is getting the lift deservedly so but maybe undeservedly so is bryce young taking a major value hit putting him uh still firmly a tier ahead but now butting up against a tier that includes brock purdy Dak prescott and deshaun watson right now so not a place that I think he belongs in and so again a situation where uh you can call it a buy I don't I would certainly hope that nobody is selling this player right now (laughs) but again we cannot be surprised by anything in dynasty fantasy football (laughs) but uh the last quarterback Colin is the guy who was a first round single quarter for one quarterback dynasty pick and he has only climbed since that point in time.
1: Anthony Richardson man. Uh, I he might be my favorite player to watch in football right now. Just play in and play out. It's a little bit of a roller coaster ride, which we kind of expected. You know this was not a perfectly polished player coming out uh but he is just so good <laughs> he had a little bit of a rough start i think he had five completions through midway through the third quarter and then he kind of turned it on they were down 23 to zero and he some kind of flip or switch flipped for him started dealing started getting a little more comfortable running getting out of the pocket and throwing just some of the the most absurd passes I've seen. He had one where he was falling down, rolling to the right, that he just put on an absolute rope to Mo Alley Cox. He had one that he threw over the middle, and if uh, I think it was Josh Downs doesn't catch it, I think it would have burned a hole in the earth because it, it was going so. I mean, he the the ease at which he puts heat on the ball is crazy and it all culminates in the throw that he had where he is just enveloped in the pocket and he just like flicks his wrist and it goes 40 yards it's just is the most effortless little it looks like a quarterback just trying to get rid of it and like throw it in front of his running back to get the incompletion and it just like spins 40 yards and drops into Michael Pittman on a contested catch and it was completion. I'm like, all right, I've seen enough. We're good. I'm so in on this, and I'm going to watch every single play that I can of Anthony Richardson's career.
0: Yep, and why do you draft players like this? Potentially unproven, potentially raw, but huge upside? Well, how about through only five weeks of his... NFL career a player that this dynasty value that KTC assigns to each player it's how they calculate their overall rankings and if you use the trade calculator this is what it is looking at Uh, he was at a 5400 which puts him in line of about dynasty asset 68 right up against DeAndre Swift right now Anthony Richardson is Dynasty Asset 38, and he is in the conversation with players like Joe Burrow and Devonte Adams. So huge, huge spike in value based on just a glimpse of what this player can be at the NFL level.
1: And you said that's one quarterback.
0: And this is one quarterback. Yeah. So super flex, I, I can look.
1: I'm sure uh, it's,
0: I mean we're we're top 10 in superflex yeah. he is the 10th the 10th ranked asset in superflex already right now so it's it was a bit of a lottery pick there's a long way to go with this player but yeah. so far it is in terms of value working out big for somebody who took the swing on Anthony Richardson
1: Yep, and there, I mean, by no means is he a perfect player. That's not what I'm trying to say because the reason he had five completions through the third quarter is not uh, because of everybody else. I mean, there's some off-target passes here. He's making some wild plays. He he kind of
0: looks like he did at Florida, doesn't
1: he? He he does. He looks a lot like like he looks at Florida.
0: erratic, wild, and then all of a sudden it's like, holy crap, that's (laughs) one of the best throws of the season.
1: Yeah. It's it's like you looked at Florida with better playmakers around him. Yep. And that's, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is coming back soon, it sounds like. So, going to have even more playmakers around him. So, Anthony Richardson, I mean, this is everything you could hope for if you drafted him.
0: And that, Colin, is the end of our week at Camp Dynasty. So... Man, I just it's it's so amazing to think about one year ago at this time talking about Anthony Richardson, talking about Jameer Gibbs, and now I'm sitting here already mad about the value swings yeah. for players and like it's it's a crazy game that we play Dynasty Fantasy Football. We'll be doing the same thing next year at this time with Brock Marvel. Bowers. Keon Coleman.
1: Like, Why is Marvin Harrison not getting thirteen yeah. targets a game? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh God.
0: Oh man. Well, Maybe if you enjoyed uh yeah, don't.
1: <laughs> just don't. I and mean, he gets drafted ninth overall to the Falcons and
0: deliver Michael Penix Jr. to Atlanta with a bow <laughs> next April, I am begging somebody. Or just let them lose out. And deliver Drake May, and that'll be even better Please. but
1: just anybody that has a live arm that can put it on <laughs> to that can pass it accurately to we an all NFL player. deserve better
0: football fans, dynasty players everybody deserves better than what we have right now in Atlanta.
1: we don't need John U. Smith in twenty twenty three
0: we don't at all nobody's ever needed John U. Smith actually, but it. <laughs>
1: he was fun with the tight
0: patriots did for like 50 million dollars once upon a time but (laughs) if you enjoyed camp dynasty this week be sure to follow us on x formerly known as twitter at camp underscore dynasty and tiktok at camp dot dynasty and follow our youtube channel where video feeds of the pods go up every week and you can see Collins, nice background to find us on other various social channels which may or may not ever be updated again we it's, will find out
1: it's true uh, we i might just delete the threads account. It's,
0: <laughs> it was a good experiment <laughs> it it came and went. threads yeah. in general i feel like is already
1: <laughs> dead but uh
0: and of course if you liked the week five breakdown and subsequent conversation uh, around the campfire tonight be sure to like rate review subscribe and share the podcast and that's what i have colin for i think week you covered five. all of them this time i think that's it yeah. so Pin it live it in a world pinterest. yeah no no pinterest <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well yeah, just <laughs> yeah. share pictures of brock bowers or well that's gonna get what are you doing okay on pinterest? all right yeah let's let's get out of here Thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week. We'll see you next week.